business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Hi, and welcome to the Agency Bud podcast. Tap into each episode at podcast.agencybud.com. Agency Bud is the platform that increases your revenue by providing software that you can on-sell to your clients in a reseller model. Tap into agencybud.com and increase your bottom line. On the Agency Bud podcast, we talk to CEOs, founders, startups, anybody successful and amazing about the challenges they've overcome and the lessons they've learned along the way. Let's go and meet today's special guest. Today on the show, we have Alyssa Young. Now, Alyssa is the Vice President and the Director of Digital Marketing at Kick Charge Creative. She's got an incredible background and she's worked with industries from healthcare, from local trades, from building, through finance, through insurance. Her brands can be seen on the streets of New York. She's got a a fantastic reputation for branding, uh, vehicles, for redesigning brands, redesigning logos, creating something that drives businesses forward. The website itself, which is kickcharge.com, is actually uh, filled with success stories of businesses that have grown as a direct result of their work with KickCharge and with Alyssa specifically. Alyssa, I'm so grateful for your time on a stormy day where your basement is flooded. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, we were just talking before we kicked off the the recording side of things. You've had a bit of a a dramatic day so far. (laughs) A little, yeah. We had a major storm in our area, and while I was blessed to never lose power today, uh, within a three-hour span this afternoon, my basement took on some water. Oh, so my goodness. My so husband it... and children are downstairs with the shop vac in buckets as we speak. So thank oh you God. for getting me out of the cleanup duty. Because nice. Fantastic. <laughs> you can stay with us as long as it takes. And, you know, when they come up and they say it's all done, we'll wind up and you can say, phew, just in time. Perfect. Fantastic. Well, so long as everybody's... So long as everybody's safe and dry, that's the main thing. Are you are you working from home during this crazy pandemic times, or is it you know? Was yes. It a, you're yes. Working from home, okay. We're all we're, we're all working remotely, and it's worked out actually very smoothly. Um, we all take turns uh, answering the phone, so okay. our office phone number gets forwarded to one person on our team every day, and then we pass along the messages. But since we're so used to doing everything, you know, electronically and virtually already, it's really been a pretty smooth transition. We are looking forward to being together again in the office and looking to maybe um, do that in another month or so. But it's right. not, you know, nothing concrete yet. We're still trying to just be careful. It's not worth risking, you no. know, anybody's health or the operations. It's better that we all stay safe and sound and keep Absolutely. doing what we're doing. Absolutely. So there's about 20 of you in the team at Kick Charge. Is that right? That's right. Cool. So you've all gone remote. How has how have your clients uh, been affected by that? Have you, are you you know were you used to doing Zoom meetings and 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 web catch ups with them, or have they had to yeah. adjust as well? Yeah, I don't think anything's really changed for our clients. I mean, it's pretty rare that we would have people stopping by in person right. anyway. Um, it happens occasionally, but we use you know online um, you know web based. Um, software to communicate with them already. Yep. Um, it's funny. I actually, since this started, I've had more video meetings than I ever had before. Oftentimes we were just on like a conference call, audio only. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm seeing people um, on video more so than I, than I ever had in the past. So it's yeah. actually kind of nice. It is. Yeah. It is nice, and you can put a you can put a, a face to a name and a face to a voice. Do you know? It was funny. I was reading somewhere the other day that one of the um, uh, the freelancing gigs that has taken off more than any other is the the creative Zoom backgrounds. So people want uh, uh, you know that amazing Zoom background and that gig on right. on um, Upwork or on Fiverr or whatever has just has gone through the roof. If you're a talented <laughs> Zoom background designer, you're in your element right now. So your clients <laughs> have kind of had to adjust. Have you seen? We're going to get into kick kick charge in just a minute and your background and how all that came sure. together. I, I know you've got a background in TV, so I'm I'm interested and fascinated by that. But your clients, um, have you seen? I know you do a lot of kind of local trades, local businesses and that kind of stuff. Have you seen your clients been impacted heavily? Have they turned to you for help? They have been blessed to still be considered essential businesses. Cool. So while a lot of, you know, retail outlets and other organizations had to stop operations, our clients have been able to keep doing business for the most part unaffected um, as far as what they can and can't do. Um, There have been a few exceptions because every state has its own 
rules right now. But um, for the most part, you know, everyone's still been able to go out and service um, air conditioning units and fix plumbing problems and electrical problems. And it's interesting because people now being at home more than ever, um, their home comfort systems are even more important than ever. So our clients have been keeping very busy. They've just needed to kind of adjust the protocol and get that PPE that they, you know, couldn't get their hands on and, and, and figure out some stuff. I think some of my clients, like they usually operate 24 seven, they've had to scale back a little bit just because of manpower issues and working remotely, you know, some challenges, but for the most part, they really haven't missed a beat. And, um, you know, I'm happy for them and proud of them that they've been able to keep going, keep their employees, you know, working and um, making sure they're servicing their community. So uh, we've been blessed (laughs) that our clients are mostly in that sector because Mm. we've been busier than ever too. You know, everybody's really just focusing on doing their best and they know that if they fall into the background right now, it could hurt them in the future. You know, I, I think homeowners and even business owners who are looking to these companies for help, the ones that are there for them, even now during these challenging times, maybe they'll even develop a greater loyalty to them and build a relationship with them. So we want our clients to be ready, you know, and and we're doing everything that we can to help them. I've seen more, they've been turning to us more and more for messaging that needs to go out, you know, about keeping that brand like front and center and, you know, managing that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I saw, um, I saw a quote, uh, my first business online success was uh, selling advertising. And I saw a quote that said, um, when business, when, when times are good, businesses advertise when times are bad, they have to. And so like we've been, we've been talking to marketing agencies and agency owners for the last few months. And um, as, as awful as it is that, that uh, somebody's benefiting, the marketing world has seen a boom because people are going, help us. You know, we're not getting that kind of word of mouth. We're not getting that face to face, that walk in traffic that we used to. How do we yeah. use Facebook? How do we use YouTube, LinkedIn? You know, how do we get digital and, and get creative? So there has been a bit of a plus uh, on that side is, you know, and I know a lot of people are hurting. So, and I feel that. Um, but at the same time, all of these agencies like Kick Charge are helping people recover and, and moving forward. So, so tell me, Alisa, how did you, how did you get started in Kick Charge? Like, what was the journey that you went through? I, I know that you've kind of grown with the company to fulfill that VP role now. Um, but how did you get into the marketing space, into that kind of digital world? Yeah, it's actually kind of an interesting evolution. Um, I started out as a kid, like fifth grader, wanting to go into broadcast journalism. So my um, one of my teachers started a TV studio in my elementary school. Wow. And um, the gifted program that I was in, we got to be the first ones to try it and use it. And I fell in love with it. And like, you couldn't drag me out of that TV studio. I was always, I wanted to do every job. I wanted to be on camera, behind camera, write the scripts. Like I was so into it. And that year, um, then President Bush came to our, our community to speak and we got to cover it like with the real wow. news crew. We That's were out, so good. you know, on the stands with next to channel three and channel six from Philadelphia. And I thought it was the coolest thing. So that from then on journalism was just like, that was my mission. And, um, I, I created a neighborhood newspaper that I distributed for 24 months in a row. And my, wow. you know, my subscriber base grew. Like I, I was all into journalism. So I, I, I studied as much as I could and did as much as I could through middle school, high school. I went to Syracuse university in Syracuse, New York. And I brought, I majored in broadcast journalism and finance with the goal of going into like being a producer at CNBC or maybe even the next Maria Bartiromo. Like that was my, my dream there. Um, but while I was uh, studying at Syracuse, I did some internships and things and I did love the TV on news. Uh, the, my local newspaper offered me a great internship and I kept going back there every summer and I was interning at the newspaper and they kind of couldn't get rid of me. So um, <laughs> they lured me back after I graduated because um there were so many things about it that just fit from, for me as a next step. Like even the pay was better than what a TV station was going to pay me right out of school. And I was actually getting, I was engaged to be married, like, you know, uh, six months after, uh, not even six months after graduation. So we needed to like figure out what we're going to do. So I went to the newspaper full time as a reporter, a beat reporter, and I covered my hometown. And, um, 
I loved that. And then when my son was born, I was still being a reporter. I was working um, part-time and from home for a little bit. And that's when the newspaper needed to evolve its online presence Mm. and start updating the news online during the day. So it used to just be static links to print stories. And the parent company was saying, you know, you need to be um, posting breaking news. So um, it was at that time I was kind of getting bored with my job. And um, the editor said, you know, hey, like this is an opportunity. Do you want to? be the first person in this role. So I said, yes. And I stepped into being like the online news editor and that job grew and evolved. And we ended up launching a whole new website and became online first. And so during that job, I learned web, I Mm. learned SEO, um, a lot of things. And it was kind of, we learned as we went, but we also had some, some guidance and some training from the parent company because they were doing this at newspapers across the country. So, um, I had some good mentors there and, um, it was, I mean, we did so many really, really cool things and I was really proud of the work I did at the paper because it was really groundbreaking at the, you know, at the time. And I learned a lot and I, I had to teach everyone else. This is our new process. This is our new tool. So, I I left the newspaper at a good time because things were really starting to shift with revenue and started doing furloughs and things. And I could kind of see the writing on the wall. And I was like, "Mm." and it was also very stressful. You know, it was 24 seven news cycle. So I had kids and I was like, I should really move on from here. So I went to Lehigh Valley Health Network from there. Mm. And my job there taught me something else that was new. Um, I went there with the, the intent to uh, help build a new website. And my responsibility was the website content. And I'm, you know, primarily a writer with my journalism background. So um, I was using those skills to get the website in good shape and then update the blog on, on the health network website. And I had this whole like mission of people who need healthcare or having some kind of health problem to be able to get the information that they need and feel, you know, they're in good hands and all that stuff. So it was a, you know, a rewarding job. Um, there is where I learned marketing. Okay. So the newspaper, you know, it was like journalism and it was web and it was SEO, but I became part of a marketing department for the first time when I worked at LVHN. So that taught me about brand and it taught me about just different functions and working with another agency and things like that. So I was there for three years. The corporate environment just really wasn't, my gig, like, is very different than a newspaper <laughs> newsroom. Um, so I had this opportunity to come to Kick Charge Creative after after that. And at the time, Kick Charge was called Graphic Designs. And I had a, a job of, like, managing digital projects. So really meaning, like, companies coming to us to build a new website. Like, I would manage the project. But I also had some content involvement. And I think I really was in that role for only a year when the person who um, was managing like digital marketing, like SEO and PPC campaigns and stuff, she moved on. And my, um, you know, Dan Antonelli, who's our, our president and creative director and a couple other folks on the team decided we were going to partner with another agency to manage SEO on behalf of our clients. Mm -hmm. And I said, you're going to need somebody to manage that. And I think I can do it. So I kind of stepped up and said, I, I would like to take ownership of this and be like that manager and that liaison between, you know, this agency that we're going to kind of get their expertise involved and then our clients. And that's what I've been doing uh, ever since. So it's been more than four years um, managing those responsibilities. And about two and a half years ago um, was what is when I became a vice president. And so it, part of that job entails helping see the oversee the direction of the agency Fantastic. and really working on the business. So, so cool. um, yeah, so I, I've got, I also oversee the content team and uh, we do, you know, besides those digital marketing campaigns I mentioned, we manage social media, we manage email marketing, we write lots of stuff from brochures and door hangers to websites. Uh, we name companies, we do taglines. So that's all that's that stuff that's under my, um, department. Fantastic. That's a really cool evolution. I think the the passion for journalism and news and then kind of evolving as even as digital content has evolved itself. You know, I noticed that you you're a prolific blogger. Like that was something that obviously being a writer has has 
kept that uh, that strategy with you. And of course, that's been new. I, I'm of the era when you know, uh, all of this kind of social media and web 2.0 kind of stuff was new. Um, and mm-hmm. we've all had to evolve as, as that, uh, those platforms have evolved themselves. And now of course we're moving into creative instant content, newsfeed kind of, uh, live video, that kind of stuff, which is again, yeah. another evolution. And you can almost see the, the decentralization of journalism going from one particular company out to the world as stories are reported and, and fascinating stuff. So mm-hmm. Alisa. Uh, sorry, Alyssa, as you're, as you're growing and as you're evolving, you're, you're learning this stuff as you're going through. Are you finding that the people coming into your team now, like the, the I hesitate to say the next generation, but the kind of the people where, where digital media has, has been the norm, are you finding that they're coming into kick charge, uh, into the world, into the environment with those skills and knowledge already? And is that, a, is that a threat to people who've had to learn as we've gone? As like, w- how do you feel about those guys coming through? It's actually really remarkable because I remember when um, our parent company, the newspaper, was starting to get us all into using social media to promote our reporting, to Mm. promote our stories, and we were, like, resisting that. We thought that that was weird. We didn't Ooh, I don't want to talk to my friends about what I do, yeah. Yeah, and like, why? Why do we need to post this on Facebook? What yeah, you know? Right. And I, I didn't even have my own personal Facebook account yet at that point. I was kind of like holding off, and they were trying to explain to us how it works and why. And now it's a part of every reporter's routine. You know, Absolutely. they're they're trolling Facebook for stories. I mean, it. You know, so yeah, I've seen that um, evolve, and now newer, younger people, I should say, who are coming in are not only. Um, already uh, like pro like proficient in that language um, and and they're comfortable using it, but they're also learning about it in school sometimes. Yeah, which, absolutely. Again, like social media, I don't think those words were ever spoken in my curriculum at the Newhouse School when I went to Syracuse. No, University. definitely. But you know, now um, it, it's they've really like educators have had to evolve, and you know, I think um, a lot of this stuff is just naturally, you know, they're naturally picking up and. It's it's been refreshing. It's not a threat. It's actually helpful. Um, like I have uh, a couple of people on my team who have been in this business, you know, writing um, with journalism backgrounds more specifically for a long time. And the younger people on my team who are coming in um, with that, you know, just foundation that the, of the newer newer technologies and stuff, they're helping each other. So we've got, you know, the experience on the other side that can educate the newer writer and then the newer writer saying, you know, here's something, a trick I know, or, you know, something nice. that might help you get this. And I mean, they have a great team. They work together so well, but um, I find that those kinds of uh, skills are really complementing each other. Very cool. Awesome. So um, as your, as your um, uh, team is growing and, and if I can just stay on content marketing, just for one or two more questions. Um, yeah. the, the clientele that you're working with, like, uh, you know, as I look at your, as I look at your portfolio, you've got people in the health space and insurance space and finance space, which I kind of assume, I guess, uh, to be a little bit more digital savvy. Whereas moving into the, uh, the local trades, you know, plumbers, electricians and building companies, those kind of guys, they're, they'd be kind of newer in that space. Yeah. How do you, how do you find the reaction when you're talking to your clients about the need for content marketing? in those different spaces. Like uh, I'm going to preempt that by saying there's always going to be a pushback of, I don't have time and that kind of stuff. How do you handle that with your clients? Yeah, they, um, the good news is a lot of my clients are members of these like trade organizations Mm. where they're hearing best practices and they have coaches. So they're not just hearing it from us. They're also hearing it from these other people who are telling them that they need it, but they don't, know how to do it. They don't have the time to do it. They don't really understand it. And so um, we're fortunate that our clients really do trust us. And it's probably because most of them came to us to rebrand. And we can talk more about that if you'd like, but that whole process is a very kind of intimate um, project that Mm. we're like, really, you know, they, they get to know us, we get to know them and uh, we help kind of um, mold their new identity, if you will, or, or really show their true identity. And so they, they develop a trust with us. So that's one of the things where when we explain to them, like, this is something that you need and why, um, they do usually say, you know, 
okay, I'm going to trust you. You do it. You know, you know what you're doing and, and I don't know what I'm doing in that area. So take it from here. But the other thing I found that's helpful is that we walk the walk. So like all this stuff that we're recommending to our clients, we're doing it for ourselves too. So they can, they can see it, you know, like, yes, you need to blog. Here's our blog. Yes, you need to do an email newsletter. Here's our email newsletter. Got it. We we keep our social media up to date, all this stuff, so they can really see it in action. And if like we didn't believe in it, we wouldn't be doing it for our, ourselves. So that always helps too. Yeah, definitely. Alisa, why do companies rebrand? Well, most of the time, <laughs> the companies that come to us, it, it starts with this. They see those beautiful truck wrap designs that are on our website which and look amazing like, by the way they are right um and i can't take credit for those um i'm not a designer um dan that was something that you know he started this agency 25 years ago and vehicle lettering was his thing and he has developed that style and it's remarkable and it it, it turns heads and people notice it and that's how we get most of our business cool. is people who see those pictures or they see that truck driving down the road and they say i need my fleet to look that awesome. Yep. So they see that they come to us and they say, I want a vehicle wrap. And Dan will say, well, I would love to design a beautiful vehicle wrap for you. That's effective, but the, you don't have a brand or your logo isn't going to work. So if I try to design a wrap with that logo, it's not going to look the way you're expecting. It's not going to look like this. So oftentimes that's what starts the conversation, mm. but Sometimes companies are more, even more savvy and they already know that they need to rebrand. And he, the thing is, um, we always say, if you're a great company with great values and great quality service and uh, you know, you're doing good by your customers, but your brand doesn't portray it, people won't know that they can trust you and know, they won't know what to expect. So mm-hmm. our goal when we brand a company is to make them look like the company that they are. Nice. Make them look like the quality that they actually deliver. And so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a conversation about, yeah, you might be doing just fine with the brand that you have, but if you stand out among your competition and you reflect something good and positive and, you know, trustworthy, you're going to grow even more. And that's, I mean, we rebranded three years ago from graphic designs to kick charge creative because yeah. the business had evolved a lot cool. and graphic designs was no longer reflecting what kick charge creative is and who yeah. we are and what we do. So we rebranded and I mean, it's been <laughs> amazing. The results are amazing. And we see the same thing for all of our clients. There's a, a section of our website that shows um, how a rebrand has affected revenue you know, within six months or a year or two years of rebranding. And I mean, you can't, it's not certainly the only factor in that growth, but you can't argue that it plays a role in it. Nice. So I know the answer to this question, but I'd, I'd love to hear it from the expert. Is rebranding just a matter of changing the logo? No. <laughs> and it is a process. And one of, the, one of the good things about us doing it ourselves is we can say, we know that it's not easy. It's not just as easy as changing the logo. We know there's a lot involved and it's maybe a little stressful and it can be expensive, but we've done it. We can help you through it and we know it's worth it <laughs> because right. we've been there too. Um, re- a brand and a logo aren't really, the, you know, the same thing. Like the logo, you know, is really the mark that goes, you know, with your name. Um, but the brand is more than that. And it, it, the logo is just kind of a component of it. So your brand encompasses, you know, that, that logo, your, your name, the lettering that makes up your name, your tagline, your colors, your voice. Um, and so it's really about your company's personality, you know, and your values and capturing that um, in something. So we even, you know, we develop brand guides for companies that want them that really outline like this is how you communicate who you are so that you can be consistent. Consistency is one of the most important things about, about branding because um, it makes sure that, you know, it's ge- it feels authentic and genuine and, and there's no confusion from one, you know, platform to the next. Um, it's always, you're always representing yourself the same way. Cool. Understood. So, uh, and of course, telling that story along with 
um, with the the changing of the colors and the logos and that kind of stuff, making sure that the story is echoing a back through, which is which is really important. And of course, the reason that companies go through that process is predominantly for growth, you know, trying to acquire new customers. And you mentioned that a lot of your growth uh, comes from the amazing vehicle wraps that are out on the streets. And, and again, I love when, when we look at kick charge in the website, they, they just, they pop off the page. Um, the, the branding that Dan's put together there is, is really impressive. So a lot of your, um, a lot of your business comes from that medium, but of course you're, you're prolific in content creation and, and, and getting your word out there as well. What do you think are the, the uh the best ways of customer acquisition from a you know from a your client's point of view and of course that's going to vary from from industry to industry but how do you how how would you wrap around and say look we need to get more clients for you these are the steps we're going to take yeah um for our clients like when you're talking about home service the home service industry the biggest thing for them as far as acquiring new new customers i mean the brand is going to be the platform the foundation for everything um, so the brand will make all of your other marketing efforts more effective. Mm-hmm. But as far as, well, what, you know, how do you actually use, use it? We um, find that when somebody needs, you know, a home service, it's more of a demand type conversion, a demand driven lead. So I have a flooded basement or <laughs> I have, um, you know, a, a power uh, problem at my house or my air conditioner um, is, you know, not working and it's 90 degrees. Um, so if I don't already have a relationship with a company that I trust, um, I'm going to Google and I'm searching for some, like, my need. And I always tell my clients, like when somebody needs you, you need to be there. You need to show up when they do that search. Yep, absolutely. Um, so that's the, the primary focus that we're making is, yes, you, first of all, you need to take care of your image and, and your brand. So that when they do find you, it's a good uh, reaction, you know, yep. and your good first impression, and then they're going to pick you to call. But you also need to be there. So for us, for those kinds of businesses, you know, we're saying invest most of your marketing budget on the digital side because that's how people are looking for and finding a business like that. Now, of course, like you said, you know, it can be different industry to industry, but a lot of the principles are the same. Like once someone gets to your website, you know, your website needs to be professional, comprehensive, yeah. up-to-date, accurate. Um, if you're blogging, you're showing you're active and engaged. I mean, one of the, what's the, what are you going to think if you go to a site and you stumble across their blog and the last date on a post is 2017? Yeah, exactly. They're going to raise a flag. You're skipping straight off, right. Yeah, so you don't want people to have those questions or doubts in their mind. So yeah. same thing with Facebook. A lot of people are going to a Facebook page to check out if the company that they're considering calling is the right one for them to call if they're legit. And if they haven't touched their Facebook page in two years, you might wonder, like, are they still there? Yeah. You know, so you just, you don't want to have any of those doubts. So that's why we say, you know, it's important to maintain, you know, that content marketing is important. Um, You know, having active campaigns where you're present um, and you show that you're investing in, you know, what you're portraying to people, that's going to go a, a long way. Yeah, so definitely. when they find so, you, it's communicating something. I like that. And, and, it's, and it's almost winding back away from what you're presenting to the world right now and, and taking it one step back and saying, okay, the people that are looking for you, what are they looking for? And what are they expecting when they arrive? And if you can meet those expectations and, and deliver that, that wow factor immediately, obviously you're going to put yourself in the best possible position for receiving that lead coming through. So you've got, uh, an incredible team of people, 20 people, as we said, and, and all working from home at the moment in these crazy times. Um, how, did, how did you go about growing to the size you are? Did, was, was there a headhunting kind of, I like that person, I need that person? Or did you kind of grow uh, you know, through native channels of advertising and that kind of stuff? How did Kick Charge grow to the size that it is? Um, that's a good question. So um, when Dan started, you know, it was just him. And then he had like one person working with him in his basement in his house, and then a second person. So then I was like, okay, we need an office. So they opened an office and um, he started adding um, people to be able to, to grow the services. So it's kind of, I think in the beginning, before my time, it was like, um, you know, he had the design um, function already happening and needed some help with that. But then it was in order to do websites. I think that was one of the 
early like things he realized, you know, we need to have that offering in our, you know, capabilities here. He brought on a developer, you know, and like Danny's been here for, I think, 10 years as our, um, you know, director of development now. And um, so that was one of the earlier hires because it was kind of establishing like we can do that too. Right. Um, so I think that it started, and like I said, it's before my time with kind of like one person in each specialty. Got it. Um, but then as the, you know, band, we needed more bandwidth that we had to grow each of those teams. So um, like I can speak more specifically to um, the, the content team, of course, because that's the team I manage and I've hired a couple of these folks. Um, but we, we, I, one of the hires is somebody I knew personally from working at the newspaper. And mm-hmm. I knew that she was in a position where she needed to find something else because, uh, you know, of this, the industry situation where she was. So I said, you're coming, you're coming with me. Nice. And, and, and it was like, not a, you know, she didn't have marketing experience, but she had um, great writing and editing experience. And I knew that she could learn because in news, we always had to learn new things. So um, it, there was a lot of that happening, I think, throughout the agency where it's like, you know, connections, people that, you know, um, maybe don't even know exactly everything that we need to do, but you know, you can teach them. And that's one of our core principles now um, is we have established values, core values. Mm-hmm. And it's important to us now that we won't hire anybody, no matter what their skills are, if they don't have those values. So they will become, you know, and right now we haven't brought on anybody um, new except there's one exception but during this time period because it's just, you know, still a lot of uncertainty and I want to be able to like train somebody, someone new and we can be together. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of tricky, but yeah, we're going to make sure that when we do interview somebody and and kind of really screen them that, that they're the values that they bring to the table match up because that's, what's most important. It's about, you know, how we have our clients backs. That's like our biggest mantra. And if we don't bring someone on the team who can, you know, hold that up, then, you know, it's not going to work. Yeah. So, Yeah. So that, I mean, it's been, we've used, you know, we've, we've posted job um, opportunities like on our website, promote them on our social media. We've used like Indeed and LinkedIn and, you know, we get mixed results from that. Um, I think it always works out the best when you actually know someone or someone, you know, knows someone. Um, So that networking is always like the most um, productive way to recruit people. We haven't, um, we do, there is a, an agency in New Jersey that, um, helps with staffing that we've talked to them off and on over the years. Um, but really like, I think the most successful way has always been those connections that we have yeah, in, the, in the community. Yeah. And have you predominantly, uh, grown the team internally or do you, do you outsource at all? Do you kind of still work with other agencies around or do you keep those skill sets internally? <laughs> so we have one partnership, like I mentioned the one yep. we started uh, four years ago. And the reason for that one was it, it's an agency that has, you know, a focused area of expertise that they, you know, a big team. And we just, it doesn't make sense to try to replicate what they already are so good at. So mm. we figured out a way to marry their expertise with ours. And we actually do work together on campaigns. So it's really not an outsourcing relationship. It's a Partnership. As a partnership. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. So I'm like the liaison um, between them. So that works out really well. Um, besides that, uh, we hire, you know, we full-time employees. We do work with a couple of freelancers so that when we need additional bandwidth, um, we have that flexibility. But they're, again, people that we know well and have worked with, you know, for a long time and we trust. So it's not just like a hire somebody you know, random stranger. Yeah. 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 So we, cause we, we take the, the quality of our work very seriously. Um, and we want to make sure we're preserving our clients, you know, trust and, and outcomes. So, so yeah, we do have a couple freelancer relationships, but they're, we consider them basically part of our, our team. That's how strong, you know, those bonds are. Nice. If you, if you lost that, Alisa, how would you start again? So if I, I asked this question, um, because a lot of our listeners, a lot of our, our audience are just getting started. So they're, they, you know, they're, they're bringing in those first clients and working their 20 hour days and all that kind of stuff. If we yeah. took, if we took the infrastructure of kick charge away and we said, we got you and Dan together in a room and we said, okay, guys, we're going to put you in a foreign city. You have to start again. Um, how would you go about creating that initial team and those initial clients? Like, 
How would you, how would you go about that? That's a great question. Um, I, I think that talking to people is really going to be the, the, the best, the best starting point, right? So um, I think if you talk to people that, you, you know, you um, can, I mean, you don't know who you can trust initially, I guess, but you'll learn over time. The more people that you talk to, I think there's always going to be some, uh, a common <laughs> undercurrent, right? Some names are going to come up um, yep. multiple times. And, um, and of course we have, you know, great tools to be able to use to really do our own uh, checks and balances and, and re- looking into people's, you know, their skills and their, and their background. Like one of the things for me, like if I was going to say we were in that situation you just described and we needed to find like another agency to work with. Um, I will, I've looked at many agency websites that like don't have best practices in place Mm. for themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. and right away I, I discount them because if they're not, if they don't believe that best practices are important enough to do for their own presence, online presence and how, can you feel confident that they're going to implement them, you know, in their campaigns and the behalf of the client? So that's something that I would do if I was looking, you know, whether it be into to in hiring somebody or um, working with another, you know, business. Um, I'm, there's things that I think are important and like the things we do for our clients that we know are done like the right way. I would want to make sure I can see proof that they're doing those things for, for themselves. And so then that's, reaching out to them, just co- initial conversations and, you know, yeah, building and I would, I, I'd always come in armed with like because you know my journalistic background. I'd have an ar- an arsenal of questions to <laughs> ask nice. them. <laughs> nice. I you would throw them. <laughs> free screen, very very cool. So, what what do you think is next for uh, for Kickcharge? Obviously, you know, as we're stabilizing and uh, recovering and helping clients do the same thing, uh, how do you see the next kind of six to twelve months, three years for for you guys? We actually had been pretty deep into a process before this pandemic um, that we need to resume. And okay. we, kind of put, we kind of hit the pause button out of necessity because of the circumstances right now. But we have been um, studying and following the book Traction, um, and it establishes an entrepreneurial uh, operating system. Interesting. And so – it's it's a it's a, it's a great it's a great tool and we have our management team read the book and I actually manage this process. The company we 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 were having regularly scheduled meetings and going through the steps that this book outlines to set goals um, and establish you know things like our values like that that came out of this process. Um, so that we all make sure that we're all kind of rowing in the same direction and, um, and we have some clear goals to go after because, um, it will help us be focused. And, um, we already, like like I said, we had started this and we got pretty far along, but we're not done. And even though we haven't completed all of the steps in this book, um, it's definitely helped us already because we yeah, I mean, we've, we've achieved, you know, growth goals and, and um, we're already seeing that we're like on the path to meet our targets. Like it has you set like a 10 year target and then like, a you know, a three year target and then there's one year goals. And then there's even these like quarterly, um, they call them rocks that are like your, you know, big priorities that you have. And the last meeting we had about this right before the pandemic was um, establishing what our those quarterly priorities would be. And I know I don't speak for myself when I say I left that meeting feeling pretty excited because we found that you need to work on the business. Right. And we're all so busy that it's hard to make time to do that. It's hard to, to step aside from the list of like my, I always put my clients work first, you know, so if I'm writing a blog post for the agency, I do that at the last minute. I make sure all my clients stuff's taken care of. It's a a trap we all fall into, uh, but it's really important to make that, time for innovation and and for working on the business so we had this meeting where we, we established you know what exactly our focuses need to be and like how, when it deadlines for them and I was like this is great like I finally feel like I have what I need to be able to make some headway on that stuff nice and so that is I, I think when we can get back into that we'll just have to make some adjustments to our timelines and our and our deadlines and you know I'm sure we'll reconvene and maybe even 
um, make a few changes to what our immediate priorities are. But yeah. I think that we had already created that big picture for the agency right. and we already know what like that future looks like. Um, and it's really just about, you know, our, our client mix and how we're going to equip ourselves to be able to help more companies, um, you know, the way we've been helping all of our clients now. Um, really it's not huge changes. Um, but yeah, I think it's just going to help us be more efficient to do to do those like things like and, and put yeah, we want to be in a position where we can evolve as things change in, you know, in the industry um, to best help our clients be kind of nimble. So um, this will allow us to do that. And we're looking forward to getting back into that process to, to get the rest of the pieces in place. Absolutely. So I, you, you mentioned that uh, that you put pushed pause on that, which which I can completely understand. What would you what would you have done differently as a team if you knew the pandemic was coming? So let's go back to October 2019, you know, five, six months before the shutdowns all started, but we know it's going to happen. How would you have tooled up, um, got ready? Like what would you have done as an agency, as a business in preparation for the way things are now? Wow. It's a great question because I don't think anybody really anticipated. No, exactly. The reason, the reason I asked, just a little moment to, to, to think, um, let me expand on that a little bit. Uh, this is a personal belief. I, I think the trouble's a long way from over. I think we've got another, you know, six, 12 months at least of, of serious pain. So thinking about what would we have done differently in October, knowing that it's going to happen, maybe can help some entrepreneurs think differently now. Like let's, let's, let's go back to October and say, okay, we know that this come March, this is going to shut down. The world's going to go remote this is going to be the situation. Okay. So let's prepare. What would we have done in that example as a team to prepare ourselves and our clients? And if we can, if we can talk that out for the next three or four minutes, maybe we can, we can have that same thought pattern of now for the next six to 12 months. So thinking, thinking about that, Alyssa, like what, what would we have done differently in kick charge? What would you have been advising your clients to do going back to October, 2019? Yeah. So I think the first thing that comes to my mind is maybe outlining like a a communication plan, because I think the biggest thing that happened um, at the beginning of this was companies scrambling to say like, we're, you know, we're still here. We're doing this and this and this. And, oh, we need to add a banner to our website and, oh, we should send out an email and, oh, we should, you know, like all these kinds of things um, that sort of, had to spontaneously happen. And I mean, my team did an awesome job of executing all of that stuff um, quickly on behalf of the clients. But if we would have had um, time to prepare for that, Mm. maybe um, it would have helped to have like a plan and almost like a template because we could have used it for ourselves and we could have given it to our clients in advance to help them feel better prepared. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, so like what are the things we need to, to do? Where do we need to do them? What is our messaging? going to be and I think anything that just takes away like the stress and the uncertainty um, is helpful because it allows you to act more quickly and then you know obviously in a more timely manner yeah. um, so you're ahead of the curve when everybody's in panic mode you know you have something already in place to follow so mm-hmm. uh, that's probably my uh, as far as the you know the things I managed um, as you know during this um, that would probably be the thing that would have been the most helpful yeah, <laughs> to cool. have already prepared. I, and it's not too late to do that. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. The um, uh, Here in Australia, of course, it's probably been on the news, but uh, we constantly face a, a threat of bushfires and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And there's a big, there's big messages that says um, when the fires are coming is not the time to be preparing. You know, right. so what, what they're talking about is, you know, have, a, have an evacuation plan, have an emergency kit, you know, all that kind of stuff and have a plan. Because when the emergency yeah. comes... You can't think clearly. So taking that back into our business sense from a planning and what's next point of view, a great idea to sit down with your team. Even if your team is just yourself and your partner or even just yourself, sit down for a quiet minute with a cup of coffee or a tea and make a plan. What are we, what are we going to do you know, in plan B? How are we going to react? What are we going to need to have in place? Get that down. Like, like get, it, get it on paper. Put some, put some time and thought into it because that's the the plan that can help you stabilize when things get a bit shaky. So I think that'd be great advice. And Alisa, you mentioned, uh, I think we chatted before we hit record um, that the, the team, the kick charge team have kind of evolved quickly into the digital space, like moving more into video meetings and um, you know, working from Mm -hmm. home kind of happened naturally. Do you think that 
the, the team culture has remained intact as everybody's, you know, bunkered down in the homes? Yeah, we've actually um, had a, a, several Zoom team meetings so um, we're all together um, <laughs> virtually, yeah. and so we can all see each other. And uh, I think that that's been um, a big help. Uh, we even, like, celebrated birthdays that way. Cool. You know, normally we would, um, for birthdays, our tradition is kind of funny because we always pretend that it's a big surprise that we're, like, getting together for someone's birthday. Right. But it, everyone's always expecting it. So we, like, gather. <laughs> in the calendar for two months. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we we have, you know, one of our team members makes a, like, customized birthday card. Mm. We secretly pass it around for everybody to sign. We either buy a dessert or someone bakes a dessert. And then we gather in the kitchen and then be like, oh, so-and-so, we need you in the kitchen for a meeting, you know. And it's like, oh, surprise. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and so it's just fun. But we always make a point to get together to celebrate everyone's birthday. So we've even done that via zoom um during oh, this cool. shutdown and we have candles we'll all hold our own candle up oh, to nice. our camera yeah so i think it's a little thing but it's something that um you know helps and then we have a, a tool we use called slack a, a chat tool and i'll be honest with you sometimes we complain about it especially when we we're all in the office it could be sort of an interruption or a distraction sometimes you know those kinds of things have they're a mixed blessing uh it's been a godsend really like now because it still allows us to be in touch with each other. So we yeah. have like a group chat where everyone on the team is, is in it. So sometimes just a little bit of like lighthearted banter and chit chat there goes along. Yeah. We all feel like we're all still, you know, connected and, you know, kind of up to speed with what everybody's doing. So I don't think we've lost anything there. To I had an interesting efforts. conversation with uh, with someone a few weeks ago who mentioned that they created a Slack channel um, and got their clients on it. And oh. they thought that the, they, they were unsure how it would go because obviously all the clients can see all of the chat and they worried mm-hmm. that the clients would be on them 24-7. And they, they reported that it was an interesting result. Like it, it eliminated the emergency phone calls. Oh, my God, I need to do this now. And actually created a... A, a very good dynamic with the clients. How do you feel about that? That's really interesting. It's not too dissimilar from um, a lot of the Facebook groups that exist now. Right. So yes, of course. Um, Dan is in, in those and more so than I am, but you know, he's part of these groups of like HVAC company owners where they're all kind of commenting and, and having a dialogue, you know, in one group. So it's not all our clients, but a lot of our clients are there. Um, and a lot of um, companies who are considering, you know, who to hire um, for their branding or marketing are there. So um, I, I see there's like a, a lot of collaboration going on there and people are pretty willing to like help each other out. So I can see how, in a chat environment like that, it might be similar. Like they feel like they're part of a mm. family that has the same like common goals. And, um, you know, I think, uh, we, we have connected clients of ours, um, in the past, you know, when we think they could benefit each other. So, uh, that's kind of interesting. I, I guess it, I would, my reservation would be, um, like how to manage if there were, if they were using that to like make requests of, and, you know, approve things and stuff like that, that could get pretty unwieldy. But as far as just like a, a way to kind of get the pulse on things and, and keep connected, uh, it might be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, interesting. You mentioned that Dan's in the Facebook groups a lot. And one of the things that I talk to people often about is is being in the groups where your customers or potential customers are. So you mentioned, you know, Dan and, and the team at KickCharge do a lot of work in the HVAC space. And Dan is in the HVAC owners group, helping them with their branding marketing questions. And of course, clients come as a result um does that take a lot of dan's time or do you have other people in the company that are also following that same mantra somebody's looking after the the building facebook groups and somebody's looking after the or is you know is dan 24 7 in there uh pinging back and forth with people he's doing most of that but i honestly think um he he enjoys it and he's kind of become like I mean, his name is well known um, among, you know, among that group. And he's sort of like the ambassador in that way. So, I mean, there's some of it that we sort of share, like um, there's a couple of groups that I'm involved in it. They're not as active as the ones that he's in, but I've been able to see like 
people talking who need some help with something and then, you know, we can reach out to them, things like cool. that. But he, he's really taken on most of that. And I think that what's interesting is um, they kind of create like this brotherhood almost, like the way that he can kind of relate because he's also a small business owner. Yeah, so sure. there's that too, you know? So I think that him and a lot of the other guys, like it's t- typically men. Uh, we have a lot of um, women company owners who are amazing. Um, but in those groups, the bonds, like I think that they kind of relate to each other well. Yeah, sure. They're they. like a similar position in their life. And so it's just something that's kind of felt naturally um, to, to him. And I mean, he'll bring us into things and like share things as needed. But he's taken on most of that responsibility right now. and um. And he loves it. Yeah, he likes it. So nice. we let him. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Alyssa, I'm so grateful for your time. And as, as, as we started at the beginning of the call, on a, such a crazy day, I know husband and kids are downstairs, <laughs> buckets and, you know, drying things out. Um, thank you so much. I, I really do appreciate it. And, and especially looking for... Uh, a, a bit of a plan forward, you know, where we're heading towards from here. I think that's been really valuable as well. Um, as you're looking at your clients now and, and the, um, the situation in the world and, and I guess business owners in general, what's your feeling in terms of the next six to 12 months? And let's kind of finish off with how you feel like we're going to move forward. There's so many unknowns still um, that, you know, are stressful and I but I think that for me most of them are really on um more of a personal note you know like school and the kids sports and and going to concerts and things like that but when it comes to business um I feel good about the potential the opportunity I guess Mm. I I would say if I had to give like advice on that I would encourage um, business owners who are still going strong now or holding out for, you know, when things get better or whatever to take the time and the um, opportunities that are coming up to like, make sure you are firing all on all cylinders Mm -hmm. and, you know, use it as like a rejuvenation because there are going to be some companies that don't make it up. Yeah, definitely. You know, they just weren't strong enough. They don't, or they just don't have the right team in place to like know how to weather the storm and to really push through. I mean, unfortunately, that's the case, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the people who are still here, I think if they, you know, get some help on the things that they know that their where their weaknesses are and kind of shore them up now, I think when things are growing again and opening up again, they can really be poised to strong ever. I mean, that's sort of my hope for them. Yeah. And that's what we, we're here to help companies do that too. Nice. So I, I, I would, I know it's going to be hard for a while, but I think maybe using this time to think about that yeah. and maybe, plan forward. you know, yeah, plan for it, build, build up some of those areas where you might need a little more help. Um, and then if you're still here when everybody's like, what pandemic, <laughs> you know, like everything's hopefully back to normal. Um, you'll be ready. You'll be ready to go and you can be ambitious and, um, you know, be in a good spot. So absolutely, um, that's me trying to be like, optimistic. Positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think yeah. that's the, that's the best way forward as well. Um, Alisa, thank you so much for the opportunity to come and say hi. I, I really, thank you. I really did enjoy the, the chat and finding out about kick charge and how you're handling situations and working with clients, I think is invaluable talking about rebranding and talking about, you know, strategies moving forward. I've really loved it. Um, I wish you all the best with your flooded basement. I hope that, uh, everybody's safe and dried yeah. out and everything returns to normal. And again, uh, I, I wish you all the very best and thank, thank you. you. It was nice talking with you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Cheers. Thanks, Alyssa. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. It's Walt, and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you, and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there, so you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing, on iTunes. Head over there now. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.